sermon series uh, on the Psalms, and you know, oftentimes referred to as the songbook of the Old Testament. Absolutely powerful, beautiful, incredible passages that you can find there. Uh, I mentioned, you know, sometimes we find some of those Psalms that are written like on the darkest day of somebody's life, it seems. Uh, very much a downward spiral, very difficult. And then there's other Psalms that really just kind of extol God's praises. And so uh, we see kind of a pattern emerge, and there's one that's that's there perfect for every emotion, every experience that we're going through. But today we're going to turn our attention to a portion of Psalm 119. It's a very long psalm, but we're going to just use this one section here. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your just decrees, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. You know, this is a passage that really focuses us on what it means to love God in his word, what it means for that to have the proper relationship and place in our own life. And so um, as we walk through this psalm, you know, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Um, one is that I mentioned that Psalm 119 is very long. It's a devotional psalm, and it goes through the entire Hebrew alphabet. Um, and and uh, 176 verses later, you kind of get to the end of it. That is uh, expansive. There's really not another psalm in the book like that, uh, and it's pretty darn powerful. But all of it is intended to be a devotional, and this section in particular that we're going to focus on is the MAME. Uh, it, it focuses on the Word of God. And so that's probably a good enough question to begin with uh, for this morning, and that is, what do you believe about God's Word? I mean, we, we see the pastor walking around up there with the Bible in his hand. Uh, pro chances are in your house, you've got your own personal Bible, maybe a family Bible. Uh, what do we believe about God's Word? What do our actions and our life seem to suggest about what we believe about God's Word? Is it a, a Bible that sadly remains on a table or a bookshelf? Now you get it. Nowadays, you know, there's uh, apps for that, right? So, so everybody kind of reads their Bible on their phone or, or tablet or something like that. Uh, but, but I think if we were to be honest with ourselves, we'd probably say, you know, yeah, I, I probably haven't cracked the Bible open and just read for my own enjoyment or my own devotion. I, I, I kind of just don't do it as much as I could, would, should. Um, and I think all of us can agree that we feel that way at different times. But this passage is kind of directing us to something bigger than even just what we believe about it. It's going to say, well, here's what it has to say about itself. Um, but in order to get there first, uh, I'm going to ask you to go down memory lane. Go, go back to middle school and high school. I, I know you don't want to, but let's go back anyway. Um, now, if you remember back in middle school, high school, chances are that's when you had your first crush, Right? First time that you were going to go out with somebody, you know? And uh, maybe uh, this is part of your experience. You would spend hours on the phone in the evening? Anybody? Okay, like five of us. Okay, cool. That illustration is shot. Um, so 
Anyway, you know, it's kind of like that whole, no, you get offers. No, you hang up. No, that, okay. Well, anyway, if, maybe if you're a parent and you had a kid who did that, okay. Well, anyway, um, so as many of you already know, because I've said it many times, I, I married my high school sweetheart. But back then, you know, we would talk on the phone for hours. And, uh, and like now, you know, if we talk for more than like 10, 20 minutes, that's, you know, that's going away. It's because, not because we don't love each other. Not because we don't talk, but because as we have matured in our relationship, as we have grown in our life together, we do everything together. We do a lot of things together. And so, um, you know, even though back in high school we may have spent all day at school together, right, home life was very different for the two of us. And as we kind of grew and as we, you know, got engaged and got married and all those things, the relationship changed. And what I'm going to suggest to you is this reading of Psalm 119 has something to do with that a maturation, if you will, in our relationship with God. How serious it's getting. How much we do together. Because if, if, if your faith life is confined to the hour or so on Sunday morning, if your uh, extent of opening the Bible is maybe a Bible study, and you can't even remember the last time you went to a Bible study, then there's a disconnect. And we're going to talk a little about that in light of Psalm 119 today. So you've probably heard this one before. What does the Bible actually stand for? You know, people like these acronyms, basic instructions before leaving the earth, you know? <laughs> it's terrible, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't ever use that around me. Um, well, I mean, you can. I guess I can't stop you. But um, it makes it sound like an instruction book. It makes it sound like a manual. And, and I don't know about you, but in my car, in the glove box, I only open that thing if something's wrong. You know, only if something's wrong with the car. And even then, I'm probably not going to find any answers in there. I, I'm a guy. I don't look at instructions, you know, uh, very much. And, and if you make the Bible into just like that, then, man, why would you ever want to pick that thing up? And so it's so much more. God's Word is so much more than just a basic do this, don't do that. The Bible is God's word for you. The Bible tells us all about Jesus. The Bible is alive. It's vivid. It, it, it makes an impact on us, and it changes the way that we think, the way that we act. It tells us so much about God and his plan for us, his love for us. And so um, we're going to just kind of spend a little bit of time today kind of appreciating uh, what the Bible is and, and the role that we have, uh, the role that it has in our life. Um, in Psalm 119, and if you have your Bibles open, you can certainly look at that as well. But there are these words. It kind of sounds, you know, like a repetition, and it, and it should. Um, but in this passage, we kind of get some different words that aren't quite synonyms. Uh, I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. The com your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. Um, your testimonies are my meditation. You know, so we get law, commands, statutes, precepts, words, all these things that speak about how God is pouring into us, right? How God is speaking to us, how God is reaching us. And if we just kind of close it off, right, we're cutting ourselves off from God. We're being disconnected. And so if, you know, so many people say for their New Year's resolution, they want to grow in their walk with God. They want to grow closer to God. They want to learn more. Well, if you want to do that, if that's actually part of what you want for 2020, then you kind of got to start here. You, you kind of got to do the hard work of digging into God's word. 
there's really not any shortcut. There's not a magic way to make it work. Uh, it, it's about going in to God's word daily. And so Psalm 119, it's saying, I love your word. I love this stuff. It means a lot to me. And the question that I would have for you is, can we really say that honestly? Can we say that we love God and his word? You know that word that tells us we're wrong and that we're sinful? You know that word that tells us that we shouldn't be doing some of the things that we are doing? Because what fun fundamentally happens with so many people is they go, well, I agree with most of the Bible. You know, uh, we need to kind of understand that parts of it may be, right? People, you start hearing this. And so that's why I asked at the beginning of the message, what is your view of the Bible? What do you believe about God's word? It's a great question to ask because Psalm 119 uh, does it in, in a pretty powerful way. We get this word meditation, you know, that I will meditate on your word. And, uh, you know, we kind of have a, an idea of what that means now, you know, like uh, yoga or something, I don't know. But, but really, uh, if you go back to Latin, a thinking over contemplation dwelling upon. This idea that you're really chewing and really uh, engaging, you're cogitating on God's word and applying it to your life and asking, man, if that's true, what about this other thing, right? So there's implications. And so there's a way that scripture kind of gets opened in your life. There's a way that it, it begins to make those inroads. And so uh, this meditation is, is, is serious. I mean, it's in depth, it's engaging. And uh, for some people, and for some, you know, I may have a couple degrees and read this thing a few times, but nobody's a master of God's word. We're all servants of God's word. So we don't take it and we wield it like a club and tell people, well, I know more than you. That's not the point of Psalm 119. It's not the point of the Bible. But that we do think about it and that it, it changes us. It changes our courses of action. It changes the way that we think. There's a good quote here. You should meditate by actually repeating and comparing oral speech and literal works, words of the book, reading and rereading them with diligent attention and reflection so that you may see what the Holy Spirit means by them. A uh, quote from, from good old Luther. Um, there was a way that the, the ancients, and, and this should be a word of comfort, that this struggle isn't new. So many Christians have gone on before us, and they also struggled with what it meant to be in God's word. And so uh, the scholastics, you know, they came up with a lot of different ways. And so here you have Luther's uh, recommendation to literally read it, read it out loud and reread it, you know, uh, really kind of go through it, pay attention. But another thing that, uh, that we find is the Lectio Divina, or divine reading. This is something that uh, is still done uh, really by, uh, in the Catholic Church, uh, Christians around the world, but four steps. Read, meditate, pray, contemplate, and then you cycle through it again. I mean, it's really kind of this, this devotional pouring out, and it's all about what God is doing, how God is speaking. And, you know, here we are in 2020, and we think, man, I don't have time for this. I've got a busy schedule. I've got to pack in stuff. And so one of the first things to go is any kind of devotion time. You know, we might try to do it with a, a, a devotional app, or we try to make it to church once a week if we're lucky. Um, but but we, don't, we don't embrace this model of really kind of getting down there and digging, really seeing what God has to say about us, what he has to say about himself, and, and how that makes a difference. 
because this Psalm 119 that we looked at is all about, man, I am, I am smarter than the most learned. I'm stronger than the strong, all, all because of your word. I love your word. I'm spending time with you. So if, if that's something that you want to do in 2020, I think Psalm 19, 119 has a lot to say about that. What I believe and what our church believes about the Bible is that it's the inspired word of God. I mean, uh, we read in uh, first, Second Peter, rather, uh, that prophecy never had its origins in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we believe that, yes, the Bible is inspired. You can read, you know, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, and you can see that they're very two different styles of writing. So two different people wrote them. Yet we believe that God was inspiring those people to write what they wrote. You've probably heard people say, oh, you know, the Bible's been translated so many times. Who knows what it actually says? Well, you know, we, we can go to a huge number of ancient texts, literally thousands of Hebrew scripts, scripts um, texts, and then the same thing with Greek as well. We don't have the original manuscripts, but they go back a pretty far way. And there's such a large number of texts, and the agreement is so great, um, I don't think you have any reason to doubt the Word of God in terms of its uh, inspiration. But that being said, we all say it's authoritative. So God's Word, if God's Word says this is right and that is wrong, then we believe God's Word on the matter. It's not mattering uh, whether or not we agree with it. If God says, here is what I uh, approve of and here is what I disapprove of, you know, some of you in the news probably saw a bit about the Methodist Church this last week. Did you hear about this? Uh, that they're getting ready to split uh, over the LGBT issue. And so it's sad that, that churches get divided, but, but it isn't so much the LGBT issue as it is what's the Word of God really saying. The Lutheran Church went through this in the 1970s. There were different people who said, well, the, the Word of God really doesn't mean this, it means that. And it's a slippery slope when you go down that route of taking your brain and your reason and placing it over God's Word. So we've always taught God's Word is up here, and everything we come up with gets measured in light of God's Word. Not every Christian even agrees with that, but that is what we teach it points us to Christ. You may not understand every little nuance about the Bible, every story, every character, uh, but one thing that's crystal clear in Scripture is that Jesus Christ came to do what we could not. He lived and he died and he rose again. He saved us from our sin. He made us right with God. That was the most important part of the message. That's the most important part of the gospel, and that's crystal clear. So if you're asking yourself, here I am in 2020, and I want to kind of start the new year off right. I want to do things. Uh, I want to do some things differently. You know, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to spend more time with God. You're going to hear this a lot probably uh, in different places. But since it's 2020, everybody's going to be talking about eyesight, you know. Um, but if you want to see clearly, I'm going to tell you God's word has got to be central to that. It's indispensable. It's absolutely important. It's, it's foundational. And, and I think the mistake that you and I make sometimes is we take God's word and we make it less than what it is. 
You know, all of us can agree, man, yeah, I should be reading it more. I should be praying more. I should be doing this, that, and the other more. I'll tell you, my thing is, I start getting into the Bible, and I automatically turn it into work. I'm like, ooh, I could preach on that. <laughs> I could teach this. Oh, that would work great in confirmation class. But sometimes we just need to shut all that down and be like, no, God is speaking to me. This is time with God. I I'm not going to use it for any other reason than to just love his word and grow. And so if that's a goal that you have for this year, any kind of a spiritual goal, I'm going to tell you, getting into God's word daily is, a, is an essential step to whatever, whatever goal you may have. A passage from John 12. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. I, I think that's what you want. I, I think that's what I want. We want to see Jesus for who he is, the Son of God, our Savior, the one who did what we could not do, the one who Scripture points to and says, this is the one, this is the one whom all of our hopes are pinned on. This is the one who has delivered us. This is the one who has ransomed us. This is the one who encourages us, inspires us, forgives us every day. The Bible is powerful. And here in Hebrews we read, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's what it is. It's not some static thing. It's dynamic. It's wonderful. It's powerful. And I pray that, uh, that this sermon has made you think a little bit about the role of God's word in your own life. And maybe how you, like the psalmist, can learn to love what God has to say. In the name of Jesus. Amen.